Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today on the show, we've got Tony Roach with us. Tony, thanks for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Today, we want to talk to you a little bit about kind of getting ready for for wheelhouse season it's early i mean we're talking september right now but i think everybody's already fired up especially with these temperatures that we're seeing right now things are going down one of the things that you do a lot of is set houses and and, and you're really out there on Malax quite a bit that's kind of your your stomping grounds out there um i see it every year people go where should i go where should i set up and one of the things that I hear from you a lot is get away from everybody else. But can you kind of lay out a plan for people if they want to go do some fishing, where to kind of get started to set up their house? I mean, for me, it really starts in the fall. I, uh, I spend a lot of time looking for fish all season long. That's open water. It's never been, it's never been more cut and dry uh, than just going out and finding fish. And that's year round. It's, you know, once the lakes are capped over, it doesn't mean like the fish completely disappear out of certain areas. I mean, if you find them there in the fall, they're gonna be there early ice and they're there for a reason. The food's there, the forage base is there. So from now until ice out or ice up, I spend a lot of time looking for fish. And I do that on open water. I do that on, on ice now. Um, that transition from early ice when you're out there walking, walking with portables, setting up, you know, tracking those fish on your GPS is really important. And then figuring out those seasonal patterns. And they really are seasonal patterns. Early ice to mid ice to late ice, those fish are moving just as much as they're moving in open water. It's just, you've got to be able to kind of follow them and, and find those fish. You know, I, I, I get coined as drilling a lot of holes throughout the season because I do, not only because um, I want to make sure my customers are on fish, but I also love finding fish and I never want to sit in one spot where the fish aren't cruising. I'm, I'm that type of person where the grass is always greener somewhere or uh, maybe there's something I need to do as far as tightening up my hole pattern. So getting your wheelhouse in the optimal spot often takes time by you putting in the work out there, whether it be in your boat or early ice getting out there and looking kind of for those spots on the spot. You talked about seasonal changes and how fish are moving around. What drives those changes? Mainly forage based, but a lot of it's temperature based. You know, um, it could be light conditions. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, th throughout the season, we could get dumped on with snow or just that ice thickening up could play a big factor into, let's say, vegetation dying off. So if you're after panfish and early season are up in those great green weeds, you're finding tons of cabbage, and then you get dumped on with snow or the ice just thickens up and those weeds start to die off, and you start to see those fish, you know, kind of transition out into those wintering basin areas. They might not go all the way out to that, you know, deep, deep basin, but they're somewhere on the edge. So, you know, kind of tracking those fish like that. For walleyes, often it, it starts out early in the year, they're shallow, they're aggressive, they're feeding, but then as it gets colder, those bait fish start to slide out into those, those kind of deeper areas or basin type areas, so then the walleyes are gonna kind of follow suit. And you said what you do is you do a lot of work before you actually set that house down. Tell me about that process and how that works. So, I mean, it, it can be hole drilling, it can be just finding fish, you know, shooting through the ice, you know, with 
with like an LXI or something like that. Uh, you know, it could be using an underwater camera to find, you know, what the what the bottom contour is. You know, for example, let's say I'm chasing jumbo perch on this big expansive flat. Well, when you look at a GPS, it looks pretty, pretty nondescript, right? But what I'm trying to find on top of those big flats are the the nuances of that flat. Maybe it's a little bit of rubble on the bottom and they're feeding on crayfish, or maybe it's some sand grass where they're, uh, you know, kind of cult cultivating around the sand grass or using the sand grass as cover, you know, something different on that spot. For walleyes, it may be, um, you know, a spot in the contour where everybody's loaded up on this main lake point because that looks really good on the map. But what they overlooked was a little inside turn that comes up onto the break where those fish in the morning and evening are going to be cruising that spot. So it's those little nuances. And I use a lot of the tools that I have to aid finding that spot. Like I'll use my sonar, obviously my, my, my auger, but then also my camera. I use my, my handheld cameras a lot to kind of pinpoint those locations. So using all of it to find that spot on the spot, if you will, is really important. Because when you're wheelhouse fishing, not that you can't be mobile, but when you get set up, for example, you want that to be productive, right? You, you know, the ultimate goal is not to have to move that thing, you know, 10 times a day. But having said that, you know, I may have a morning evening spot or a peak feeding period spot where I'm going to set up, but I'm also going to have some daytime spots. And so those daytime spots may be a saddle between two humps where it's a little bit deeper in there. It might be uh, just off the break where let's say it, it drops down, but then there's a little secondary hump or a, a knoll off that area where I can kind of cruise that deeper water flat area. Um, but I generally, you know, when I set up a wheelhouse, it's not going to be the entire weekend. It's going to be for that morning feeding period. As soon as those fish stop cruising that area, then we start moving around kind of those secondary areas. And then boom, we go back to the most productive, you know, peak feeding period spots that, that we have. So a lot of guys these days too are also using their house more of like a base camp type of situation. Yeah. And then they're they're doing their thing during the day outside of the house. Does that change how you're looking when you're when you're looking for places to set up? Yeah, I mean, we do that a lot where we'll we'll use our wheelhouses as base camps and then we take the portables and then just kind of shotgun approach to spreading out down the breaks. What's great about having a guide service is we've got lots of guys out there and lots of customers kind of moving along and we're moving them to try and keep them on fish. And then once we start finding areas that are more productive, you know, we can start moving people around from there. I, you know, especially midwinter, you know, I tend to travel a little bit deeper just because if you have, you have a forage shift, you have invertebrates popping out of the silt and sand. Um, and you know, so that's going to drive bait fish down to those locations. And then ultimately the walleyes are going to follow, but the walleyes are also feeding on those invertebrates, those blood worms, those mayfly nymphs, things that are coming out of the mud and out of the silt. And generally you'll find that off structure or even along those transition lines. Uh, one key thing that a lot of people can do with their wheelhouse, I don't care if it's on Mille Lacs, Lake of the Woods, um, you know, Red Lake, to get away from the crowds is finding those transition lines. And you can do that, obviously it's easier to find them in open water with your boat because you can cover water quickly, but you can also find them with your ice units and just going out finding that harder bottom out in that mud area is really important. Even though let's say the contour lines on your graph or the GPS is pretty nondescript, 
if you can find that harder bottom spots or that you know kind of where it goes from silt to sand for example that's a lot of areas usually where you're gonna find those bloodworms. Perch are great for finding those areas. So if you're a perch hunter and you're out in those open basins or along those transitions and you find those perch where they really, when you pull them up and they're spitting up gobs of bugs, you know you're in the right area. So perch can kind of be your tell sometimes where you should be setting that up if you're looking for those transitions. Yeah, and sometimes it's just as simple. Uh, I was on a trip uh, last year you didn't see it on the graph, but when you dropped the camera down, you could see there was an old roadbed there. Oh, sure. And they were just, it, they were using it as a highway, <laughs> essentially, yeah. that roadbed. So that's something that, like you said, your camera or even just, just your sonar, just to see those little changes in the bottom that may not show up on your lake map can can make a, a big difference in how you do and, and how things are going out there. But you talked about getting away from the crowd, and that's something I think that is difficult for a lot of people, especially when they step onto new water. They see that crowd and they go, that must be where the fishing is. How do people get out of that mindset? You know, every lake's different, so it's hard, you know, if you go to a new area, especially in the winter, because you don't have the portability that you would in a boat. And so I think just people in general, their mindset is if there's people there, they're biting there, right? Um, how I look at it is what I'll do, what it'll help, I, I think a lot of anglers out there, is if I get to a new body of water and I see anglers keying in on a particular depth, okay, then what I'll do is I'll widen up my map and then I'll assess other areas that are similar to that where I can start looking where there may not be people. So if that helps at all, like for example, uh, wintering basin for let's say crappies, you know, everybody's loaded up in this one hole. I'll look for alternative holes or edges to that basin where I can fish without people. Um, I'll also look at some shallow water flats. I think in the winter people avoid those shallow water flats for crappies, bluegills, walleyes. They just, for some reason or the other, everybody's kind of gravitates towards that deeper area. Well, I'll look the opposite sometimes where I'll look for some of those shallow water weedy flats and then all I do is if it's if it's decent water, decent water clarity, I use my underwater camera to find that green vegetation. That's a great spot to look in any lake that you're fishing. If you can find green standing stock cabbage or that green vegetation on those big expansive flats, I guarantee a lot of anglers aren't going to be looking in those areas. They might be keying in on fish that are easy to see on their sonar in a wintering basin, but you're going to find much bigger fish and a lot of a lot more species and quality of species in some of those shallow water areas. I can't tell you how many times I've fished those shallow water flats where it ended up being just a, a, a plethora of different species you know you had pike you had walleyes you had crappies you had bluegills largemouth bass um you know so those are a couple things that i do to kind of find fish where people aren't another thing is if if, if you're real structure oriented for walleyes for example if you find a big main lake point and you've got all these ice houses that are lined up on this big main lake point i'll look for more of those points or i'll look for subtle things along that break that people maybe aren't, aren't keying in on. Um, the other things that you can do too is as you're drilling, you know, constantly checking your depth, if you notice where a contour may be off, for example, um, I'll put a waypoint there. Maybe it's a waypoint to indicate that you have a question, like I use a question mark all the time, mm -hmm. or I'll mark if, if, if 
I find either in open water or on ice, if a contour is off in an area, I find a point or, or something that sticks out, I'll mark that out exactly how that thing lays out. So then when I get out there in the winter, I know I can sit up there because you're not going to have a million people on that particular spot. Sure. We've been talking about where to set up, where to go. How about when to pull the plug? At what point do you feel like you've got the spot dialed in, you get there, you fish it, things aren't going? At what point do you go, all right, it's time time to move on and go do something else? Yeah, I always tell people in the winter, like, I don't have ownership to holes, right? If I drill 100 holes in an area and it's just not working out, I'm gone. Like, I don't care that I drilled 100 holes. I'll drill 100 more to find fish. Um, you kind of have to base it on the seasons and where you're at, right? Uh, like, let's say you're out there early ice and you really pounded them in that particular area and you're, you come out there late winter and you're catching a couple and you're seeing them, but they're just not really going, you know, that's where it's hard to make the decision to leave. I mean, if you're not catching them, it's an easy decision for you, right? Mm -hmm. You're up and gone. Um, I kind of base it on seasonal, uh, you know, situations or even temperature swings, you know, uh, the mood of the fish, if I'm not seeing the fish. So, you know, if I decide to move, it's because I'm not seeing them first and foremost. If I'm seeing them, but they're in a kind of a weird funk, I'll see how many fish are in that area because then I'll make a mental note that we may be coming back here, okay? But I wanna go check out, you know, new areas and then maybe come back. If you get to two or three other areas and the fish are kind of still in that same mode, well, then maybe you need to wait till those peak feeding periods when those fish really turn on. But for me, I mean, first and foremost, if I'm not seeing them, I'm gone, okay? Uh, if you find fish, they're just not in that mood. Maybe it's some subtle things you can do as far as bait changes, um, either big or small, maybe, uh, you know, changing, uh, adding more dead sticks. You know, I love putting out dead sticks. I think a dead stick to me, is you know you can get a lot of these negative fish that you call in with call baits to, to strike that dead stick um and, and sometimes it's just the, their strike zones tighter so rather than moving a spot completely maybe i need to tighten up my hole pattern so you'll see me in areas where we're marking a lot of fish you'll see me drilling more holes in those areas because i need to get right on top of that fish and get it right in its strike zone like a fish won't go 10 feet to strike my bait but if i drop a spoon in front of his face or drop it up above him he'll come up and strike that bait cool you uh you have your own houses that you rent out and people can come and, and stay in them but you set a lot of houses for people they call you and say hey, you know that's a service that you provide when you do that you get an opportunity to kind of see how other people do things but yet you have an expertise in this what is something that you see that people make a mistake as far as setting their house and dropping it that that you see common that can be cleaned up what's kind of a common mistake maybe not just in where to set up but just how their their process and how they do things uh one thing i mean you can you can lessen the time in which you're setting up your houses I see a lot of people drop their house and then drill their holes and then slush all their slush up. When we put our houses down, we put them down halfway or almost all the way, drill the holes, let the slush kind of pile out and then drop our house down. And then as far as setting up fishing, I, I, I see a lot of folks, once they get set up to fish, you know, they put the router rails down, they don't jig, they turn on the TV, they're outside grilling out. 
which is fine because it, it depends on what you want to get out of the experience. But, you know, if you want to get the ultimate out of the experience, you're jigging with one rod, you've got a dead stick down over here, maybe you've got some dead sticks spread out outside, so you're kind of spreading your realm of what, in which you're fishing. But then, you know, it's just concentrating on, on what you're doing. You know, there's sure. a lot of people that it's their way of relaxing and, and that's what they want to do, but they turn the radio on, they've got the barbecue going, they got a movie going, the kids are playing video games, uh, you know, they're throwing the football outside and they've got a couple of rattle rails or dead sticks down. But really, I mean, you want to be an active participant in the fishing, um, especially during those peak feeding periods. We put a lot of people on walleyes and perch and especially for those walleyes, you know, you want to be actively, aggressively fishing and, and being a participant. And, you know, having those dead sticks outside your house too is really important because you can kind of spread your wings a little bit. And, uh, you know, you'll notice where um, certain dead sticks will be going off at certain parts of the day and then towards the evening up on top of the structure they may be going off. So, you know, having those spread out will really tell you where those fish are traveling for, to and from. Mm-hmm. Tony, is there something I didn't ask you about that you wanted to bring up when we were talking about this topic? I'll just, I, I think it's great all of the people that are getting into ice fishing in general, whether it be wheelhouses or in portables, um, and utilizing both technologies. But I just really love the social aspect of ice fishing and the participation level that I've seen over the last few years is great. And, you know, you've got people that maybe never ice fished in their life, but now because they have a wheelhouse and they have super comfortable portables and they have awesome electronics and underwater cameras that are HD, it's it's a really fun sport. So, you know, if, you, if you're intimidated by ice fishing, you know, certainly hire a guide, go out sometime with even some friends that are into ice fishing. It, it's amazing how many people nowadays ice fish that maybe never did it in their entire lives but now they're totally into it because it's a winter camping experience it's a social experience for their for their kids for their family i know lots of different families that are you know now social distancing but now they can have their ice house out there they can still hang out with their friends but in their separate little units and in their little bubbles and have a great time doing it and i love the sport i i, I love the fact that we have you know four seasons up here in minnesota and we we get to experience this this huge ice fishing boom that we're seeing i think it's super cool it's it's a fun activity that you can do for your entire life and you know uh, it, it's just a sport that you can cherish your whole your whole life and it never it never grows old and the technology seemed to to never end every every year we we go through a new ice season the technologies get better the things get more comfortable and it's it's just a fun experience yeah my my nine-year-old daughter doesn't really like open water fishing, but she loves ice fishing. She likes looking at the camera, and then after a half hour, she wants to go run around in the boat. She can't do that, so she's got space. She can go do what she wants to do. If people want to get a hold of you, book a trip with you, or get in touch with you to to get set up with you on Malax or wherever you happen to be, how do they find you? Uh, RoachesGuideService.com. You can look me up on Facebook, Instagram, Tony Roach Fishing, YouTube channel, Tony Roach Fishing. Perfect. Tony, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.